Welcome to the underground, the Steel City Underground, the black and gold standard for Pittsburgh Steelers coverage. Now, here's your host, Joe Kuzma and Brian E. Roach. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Steel City Underground podcast. My name is Joe Kuzma, and I'm going to tell you a little earlier this week than usual. I've been all over the place. I've been early, I've been late, I've been absentee. And speaking of which, joining us once again, my good buddy, my colleague, my pal, my brother from another mother, one Mr. Brian E. Roach. And we're here a little earlier, Brian, because um, we've got hypotheticals and things to talk about. And, you know, Festivus is around the corner. I think you also have some airing of grievances still from the last game. So what better way to do this than to start off uh, or your hump day and get over the rest of the week by, um, you know, not feats of strength, but just airing of grievances. What's going on, my friend? What's going on? How you doing? I'm just dandy. Uh, I'm happy to be here. I was not a happy person on Sunday, as was the rest of Steelers Nation. Um, yes, it's mostly Mitch's fault. And yes, it's a little bit of the defensive unit's fault, but it's mostly Mitch's fault. You don't expect <laughs> anybody to win a game. Uh, when your quarterback comes in and throws two red zone interceptions and another interception in the end zone. So, you know, the fact that they only lost by two is small comfort. In fact, it's no comfort at all. It was. No, it wasn't cold comforting and dreary and annoying, uh, to watch. Yeah. It was upsetting. Just, uh, <laughs> my cousin who sometimes listens to this. Almost got in a fight with a group of guys on the way out, Ravens fans. And he's not even like a guy that drinks, but you don't know about the other people. And it was like, they were like, the, the whole pack of them could have come after him. And it was all because they were talking about something with playoffs. And he had to open his big mouth and say, you're just going to drop the first game anyways. One and done choke artists, and which was great. But then that just opened a whole other can of worms. I know, man. I, where else do he's you see? He's not wrong. <laughs> no, he's not, but they, they didn't like that. They're just like, you know, you take the L and it's like, you never know what's going to bounce back around. I'm just sick of how many times have I said this in the past? I am sick of playing the Ravens with backup quarterbacks. It's just, yeah. it's, it's a constant, constant, constant thing over well, the years. Can I, can I start off my, the yes. rest stink, uh, process here by saying they shouldn't, a, they shouldn't have had to play with a backup quarterback because there shouldn't have been the tackle that there there was because it was a illegal because he threw him down by the face mask then slammed him down neither of which thing was called the refs stink and why do they tend to seem to stink more so when it's the ravens and they just basically it's not ben anymore <laughs> i know it wasn't cleat blakeman out there either I know. That, that's the thing. I'm like, hey, you know, they might have cut it, caught a break. No Tony Corrente type guy. No, you know, the Hockley's got his kid, his little spawn running around, but it's not the old man anymore. And it's like, you still get screwed no matter what. Um, hold on. You know, before we jump into all these other things with quarterbacks and that, I gotta, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put up a, a picture here. This is um, Presley Harvin third. What's your impression of this guy anymore? Because I'm just jumping into the special teams real quick. I did not see any corresponding transaction for punters. And I can't figure out for the life of me what the hell the Steelers are thinking or doing here, uh, you know, early in this week. There needs to be somebody else. We saw some transactions. We saw a defensive tackle, and that kind of corresponds, too, with uh, Chris Wormley going on injured reserve and the um, 
not official yet, but probably see it around four o'clock uh, transactions or something, whether that's uh, today, later in the week, that Ola is going to be back after being cut from the Titans, supposedly. He has Drew Rosenhaus. Don't ask me that question. How does he have Drew Rosenhaus as an, in his agency as his agent? I don't know that, but the Tennessee Titans. Pro bono work? Yeah, I don't know. Something, man. He, uh, <laughs> pro bono work. It just doesn't seem like I wouldn't think of Rosenhaus with uh, anything other than like, you know, at least Pro Bowl level players, star players, or somebody that's a big name coming out of college, not a guy undrafted player out of Toledo. But uh, I, I called that one a mile away in the back rooms. I said, oh, yeah, that that's not even a kick the tires. That's a definite because it's somebody that knows the system that they need right away when they don't have Malik Reed or TJ's been ailing and everything else. So, yep. but I, I just, I don't, for the life of me, 17 yard punt, the 30 yard, whatever punt, and then like the 48 yard blast. That was a touchback. That that doesn't help the, anybody uh, when you're talking about, you know, uh, here's, here's the problem. No position battle. Our big fat punter stinks. Um, but he has moments of tremendous uh, impact, like the week before with the kick that landed, like what, at the one yard Mo- line and planted itself. Moments, like plural, okay. more than one. Moment. Well, he has done a fairly decent job in his career of putting people inside the 20. Fairly decent. Everything else stinks. Now, maybe that's because we tend to kick from the 50 all the time. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. he has done a fairly decent job of that. So I can't fault him for that. Um, you know, they're not going to. Who else is out there? There's not like a, a, a you know, a giant. Jordan Barry. Uh, yeah, so I know one A, one B, maybe. I mean, you got to have somebody that can hold for for boss. Well, and, let and me ask it this that. way. And does it matter? Yeah, well, yeah, I think <laughs> it does point, matter. Does it really matter? Well, I think the question we're really asking is, does it matter who plays a quarterback? But I think it does matter. I think it with the defense and the offense, uh, the field position battle, because then at least if the defense, I'm not going to say they're going to force a three and out, but they, on the off chance they do then maybe the offense gets the ball a little bit closer to where Mitch could just throw a pick anyways. Um, I know this is going to sound, it's going to sound bizarre. Yeah, I know. And he hadn't thrown any picks. That was the whole thing. Everyone was hanging their hat on for so long, right? Was, um, well, he didn't throw any interceptions. Look at this. He doesn't turn the ball over and Kenny didn't turn the ball over. Uh, since the bye. And again, I'm, uh, I am, I'm, I'm just, I'm I'm kind of over um I'm over this whole quarterback thing. We knew we were going to be talking about it a lot this year without Ben, but I didn't think I'd be talking about it to the kind of the aspect of here we go again, somebody's hurt. This reminds me of 2019 with a guy with Mason Rudolph who could end up playing this week. And that's why we're in this a little bit early. Mike Tomlin definitely left the light on at Motel 6 for that one. But you know, Mitch Trubisky now four touchdowns, the to five interceptions for the season, um, you know, 100 to 158. But when we're talking about the Panthers, I want to jump over. That's Sunday's opponent. You're playing in Carolina. We don't know if Kenny Pickett is clear, will be cleared from concussion protocol. We'll find out if he even practice or is able to practice. If he's able to practice, then that's that bodes well for him to play. He doesn't practice. There's no chance. And Mike Tomlin has said he was going to share the duties, split the duties between Mitch and Mason, which tells me already if Mitch even does play and start, 
he's on the shortest of short leashes. He is on thin ice. And I, I said this in the show with Flash. You may not have caught it. I said, how can you even trust him to come on the field for Kenny at this point? I think you got to get Mason the reps and just move Mason on up the chart to back up where he originally was before the clerical error at the beginning of the season uh, negated that. But, Brian, let me, let me pose this to you. So um, Carolina Panthers with Steve Wilkes. They fired. They cleaned house. They got rid of their offensive coordinator. They got rid of their head coach. That would have made everyone in Steelers Nation supremely happy because this team is like, are they tied or are they a game out? Hold on. I actually had this um, had this up here. They are... I'll bring it up. Uh, let's see. Carolina Panthers are 5-8 and eight, and they are one game behind the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and they have an identical division record with the Buccaneers at 3-1. and one. So I mean, like one game out, everybody be like, hooray, hooray, but they're still five and eight. But Steve Wilkes got them playing a lot better so far as of late. And they go into Seattle and beat the Seahawks 30 to 24. So they put up 30 points on 223 yards rushing and forced Seattle's quarterback to throw a couple of interceptions. Wow, does that sound familiar from somewhere? That's just last week's game against the Baltimore Ravens. Hey, uh. Uh, I don't know. Sam Darnold, 14 to 24 for 120 yards in a touchdown. You should be able to beat a team with Sam, any, any quarterback, even if it's this Anthony Brown, junior, senior, whoever he was that came in. Oh man. Can we be in for more of the same Rocky ride Sunday against yes. the Panthers? Yes, we can. Make it simple. Yes. Um, there's, there's two things that are clear. The run defense is not, where it should be. Um, even though they've had some games where it seemed like they were coming around, uh, that may have more to do with the fact that the teams they were playing against weren't running the ball very well. Um, but, you know, a team like the Ravens clearly showed that that the run defense still has its uh, uphill battle. Then you lose warmly um, and have another guy coming in basically off, this, off of the practice squad with the Jets practice squad. I can't remember whose practice squad it was. Um, I, you know, I don't have high anticipations that suddenly they start stopping the run again. Um, on top of that, if it's not a guy named Kenny playing quarterback, I don't have any faith that our quarterback is going to get their job done um, effectively enough to countermatch. So this was a game. This was the this was the one game left on the schedule that you sort of kind of four weeks ago looked at and went gimme that one that one's a gimme bad team we're gonna play that bad team we're we're a better bad team than that bad team yes yes. so we'll win i am not confident that that is the case anymore um to be to be blunt i'm not confident this team wins another game this year but (laughs) we'll Well, see does that does that opinion change if picket plays in this game and i say yes i think kenny puts them in this game mistake more mistake free Gets them into a scoring position if they're able to um, hold Dante Foreman and uh, Chupa Hubbard within check. Because they're not going to have to worry about Sam Darnold running around out there. Baker Mayfield's not on this roster anymore. Um, I know the Carolina, they had a little bit of a love affair here with P.J. Walker, formerly of the XFL. And he is a mobile quarterback. Um, I mean, the Carolina Panthers, they're playing musical chairs, the quarterback position, you know, uh, all three of those names. Imagine if you're the Steelers and that's who you have at your disposal. And Brian, they also drafted Matt Corral, who 
uh, went on IR and yeah, we weren't fans of him during this draft process either. So having Kenny, uh, and where you got Kenny and even looking at the draft class that's coming out from college right now, doesn't exactly, it doesn't, it's not living up to the billing so far, uh, to instill a whole lot of confidence in my, in myself. You look at the teams that got all these top picks too, and the teams that have given away their future <clears throat> Cleveland Browns, um, with all kinds of high picks and they have nothing else to fill the Kofers, at least the Steelers, if they would have blown this, uh, didn't blow too much other than a pick, not multiple picks indoor players and uh, trade Russell Wilson, Denver Broncos. So for example, and lots of money. Yeah. Uh, so, but this this is interesting though because there were a lot of people who were and this is where I was like dumping on Trubisky and I'd said all along and I I'm not the kind of guy to say I told you so but I told you so um I I, I really I really wanted more but my expectations weren't very high to begin with and what we witnessed against the Baltimore Ravens was just really bad I mean this is like this isn't even what I expected from Trubisky. Like the other stuff, dink dunk, not a whole lot of pass yards on attempts, not taking shots downfield, not looking at the middle of the field, uh, seeing ghosts running around, not finding player like those type of things. Yeah. I knew he wasn't a guy to turn the ball over a whole lot. And that absolutely killed this team last Sunday. And they, I just don't see how they could proceed with him as the guy period. I mean, I was already alluding to this before I even said this, when they signed the contract, people were like, Oh, well they signed him. He's going to play. And uh, now there's the hypotheticals of what if they would have just went with Kenny in the off season originally and made him the number one. And it was, that's not the Mike Tomlin style. Uh, I think if Mike Tomlin could have had it his way, he probably would have sat Kenny the entire year. It makes you wonder about Mason Rudolph in this instance. Now, uh, does it create any, I don't think it creates a controversy. Kenny was drafted in the first round. He was drafted to be the guy, but you've got Mason who is, this is the final year on his contract on his deal. If he doesn't like the way this was handled and sees an opportunity, which he may get somewhere else he's more than likely going to take it and be out of town. This is, this could be an audition for him because I think the Trubisky audition is over. And <laughs> as far as that goes, I don't think he'll be on the Steelers next year uh, at all. I, there may be more of a possibility that Mason is like, well, it's not going to get any better than this. I'll make a few mil as a backup and just kind of chill here and get my playing time where it may be. Although, you know, if you're, you're getting up there in years and you're, you're him, you're probably looking elsewhere as well. But the Steelers aren't going to pay $8 million to Mitch Trubisky next year. And if you already know, I mean, this is the last Hacienda. They have eight losses already for all intents and purposes. They're no longer in the hunt. I'm not sure if you saw that whole thing with good morning football. Yeah, loitering. Or, loitering. Loitering now. Monday night football. Yeah, loitering. They're not even quite loitering. There's probably this small little glimpse of whatever that they could get in, whatever. Uh, and Mike season, Tomlin not have the losing season. And I'm, but I'm what do you salvage? You. Yeah. Are you going to are you, you gonna still throw Mitch out there and then just get shellacked the next four games? I, I don't think that's Tomlin style either. No, I mean, they will play to win. Mike Tomlin will not play to lose these games for sure. So, I mean, he will do whatever is in his power to win. And, you know, as much as it is is in many ways a meaningless stat to Steelers Nation, there's a certain level of pride that comes with not having a losing season. He does not want to have a losing season. He's not going to speak to that. He's going he's gonna to poo-poo it. But come on, he's a human being. And there is definitely something to be said about, I have never had a losing season. Plus. There is also the the sort of ghost in the machine, so to speak, of first year without Ben, 
is the first year I have a losing season. Is it because I don't have Ben or is it, you know, did Ben carry me? Did I carry whatever? Right. And, and it's a, you know, I, I just look, he wants to not have a losing season. I believe that is honestly true. They will fight to try and win these games. You've got guys like TJ, you've got guys like Cam, um, you know, those guys are not going to quit ever um, on, on, you know, the field. So will they fight and try? Absolutely. They'll fight and try. Are they going to end up winning the last four games in order to be nine and eight? No. <laughs> I, I, well, okay. No. You've got a lot of, no. b- beyond this game, beyond this game though, you've got a lot of emotion too. Aside from this, you know, the, the Tomlin's no, no blemish of a losing season on his record, which people they get tired of hearing, but you got a home game, Christmas Eve, immaculate reception, 50th anniversary celebration against the Raiders. That's still a home game. You're going to have Franco in the house. Uh, you're going to have a, a lot riding high on coming out of that on, on a good note, on a positive note. Then you also uh, go to Baltimore and try and get some payback on short time. And that might be like Kenny payback. Kenny back in this, it, Kenny's not getting shut down. Let's talk about that too in a second. But uh, we'll just say Kenny's back in this, get some revenge, right? And then finally, you host the Cleveland Browns and bring them back. And then they're going to have Deshaun Watson and you're probably, it's a battle of the basement more than likely. And you're not going to want to be in the basement. You're not going to want to lose to those clowns at home either. So the, those last three games still probably, as you're saying, with guys that have, wear their pride on their sleeve, Mike Tomlin, TJ Watt, uh, Najee Harris, let's throw him in there. I know mean, he's still a younger player. I can't see like guys like Pat Fairmuth or anything just kind of giving up <laughs> necessarily and packing it in. Uh, but I think a lot of that still rests on how this plays out. And I think there is something to the psyche of this team all off season, they were talking about guys other than Mason Rudolph. So they hitched their wagons to them all of a sudden. I could see frustrated players who haven't been able to do squad do on the offensive side of the ball. And they might be backing up that Trubisky train. They're not going to be able to say anything. And really, what does it do if you end up playing both of these guys in the game? I think there has to be a decision. And you're not, you have a possibility of all three of them. Uh, the same thing with the inactives and stuff. We might not know till Saturday if... And he's inactive uh, or out for this game officially before he's cleared by whatever independent Yahoo whack doctor or whatever that they got there that (laughs) let him back in the game too. So, um, (laughs) you know, uh, but yeah, that's where I'm at. I don't, I don't think they necessarily fold up and give up. There's still a pride thing. You don't want to lose to this Carolina Panthers team. That's a losing team. This could be another, even though it might be like iffy weather in Charlotte, this is a hotbed. This is an area that was a fran- uh, um, expansion team in the mid '90s. This is part of Steeler Nation down in through the Carolinas still. So I expect there to still be quite a bit of Steelers fans who had already purchased a ticket and will be showing up for this game. So you're still going to be playing in front of people who, uh, quite frankly, you know, give a damn about the team. They they want to see their team in their like home area. So I think there's still things to play for here, and that's probably why there's going to be some sort of prudent decision on who's under center uh, come kickoff on Sunday. So, yeah, there is they've got a much better chance to win this game if Kenny is playing. Kenny's not playing and they drop this game to Carolina. Um, then I will tell you that decisions start to be made about the rest of the season. How badly is TJ dinged up? 
is it time to shelve him so that he doesn't get a ongoing issue? Um, you know, do guys start to sit not because they really want to, but because the team is looking to the future rather than a meaningless set of three games that are left if you know you're already going to have a losing season? Um, so, you know, I certainly would anticipate them going full blown this game, full blown against the Raiders. Um, and and then I will change my tune depending on how those two games go. Now, you, you're talking about the Raiders. The Raiders are another team that is just what? Who the hell are they this year, right? <laughs> you know, they, they, one game they're like beating the Chiefs. The next game they stink to somebody else, right? They're, they're a team that, um, and they always give us fits. Yeah. And I mean, so, some of that last year was not having TJ and who got hurt. Uh, and Witherspoon had just yeah. been brought to the team. He'd only been with the team like two weeks. And got beat by Henry Ruggs. There's a whole bunch of players that were in that game last year, including coaching staff. That's no longer there. You talk about a team in turmoil. Yeah. Uh, you make up. There's yeah. another point I want to make though, before we get yeah. going. Yeah. Because oh, I got something else for you too. Before everybody starts hollering at me about not always blaming Mitch. Yes. On the first interception. I agree. I went back. I watched all 22 film. Yes. There was an under the receiver did not run the correct underlying route to pull the linebacker away. That is absolutely a hundred percent correct. Kenny needs oh, to see ever. it, or not Kenny. Or no, Mitch Kenny still would have needs saw to that. See it before he throws <laughs> the ball. Yeah. But the route, I mean, you know, you're you're kind of operating under assumption. A lot of these things are bang bang. All right, I don't care. The next one is all Ken, all him, all Mitch. I'm, I don't know. I can't even say his name anymore. <laughs> He who should not be named too. No, he's not that bad. <laughs> oh, no. Not yet. You think he, yeah, well, I'm not going to say he they'll play the Super Bowl. He didn't just throw away but... a Super Bowl. He threw away a Ravens game. It's not the same. <laughs> uh, well, it might be to them, though. <laughs> oh, and what the hell, John Harbaugh, the greatest, one of the greatest drives in the history of this uh, storied rivalry. Bite my butt. What kind of idiocy is that? A field goal drive was the That's greatest drive. That's material. That's chalkboard material. <laughs> That's as bad as saying retire renegade because it don't work anymore. And the Ravens players are dancing to it and blah, blah, blah. They played it after a missed field goal. I am like, we, we were sitting there. Like, do we even pull the towel out? Like, this is like, this is such a depressing moment right now yeah. in the stadium. And, and you're, you're making the screen go black. And yeah, I understand you want the stop and everything, but it's a two score game. Like what? the hell are you thinking there if they but were gonna play they shouldn't have played it then if they were gonna play it it should have been after the second touchdown when we're down two right yeah. and we need the defense to be up i don't know that it works then either but it's not that it works and no, people are I'm like oh saying, the, you know this team is a better spot this team's embarrassing the tradition they should retire it and blah 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 let's shut up and everybody else awesome. wishes they had something like this. Yeah, uh, there's yeah. still Renegade's nothing awesome. like it. There's still nothing like it in in if you've ever been. But no, Brian, you said something about like shutting down some players and having a look see maybe at some other guys. And I'm kind of sitting here. I had this same question with Flash. I look up and down the roster, and you know, there's people who want to blame blame Kevin Colbert and stuff. But you've already got these guys in. 
Like, are you going to evaluate Kevin Dotson or Dan Moore? No, they've been playing for like the better part of two years. George Pickens is playing as a rookie. Najee has been playing unless you shut down Najee and then you see a little more Jalen Warren. I mean, Benny Snell, he's probably gone. This is his contract year. It's his fourth season. I don't anticipate them to retain a backup quarterback uh, that they didn't even give carries to until like two, three weeks ago. Um, Pat Fryermuth, Zach Gentry, Zach Gentry, I would hope comes back. They've developed him pretty nicely as like a blocking tight end, but he's expendable. Maybe Connor Hayward, maybe you get a little more look at Connor Hayward, but he's got some playing time. You've already got the quarterback in. You've seen all of them except for Mason. Are you going to, are you going to play Mason for four games straight and shut down Kenny just to see what Mason's got? If you, if you thought, if you were thinking that already, and I've already said, yeah, Mason never really got his chance, 10 starts or whatever. But the Steelers have already, that ship sailed. They don't need to see what Mason's got. They're looking at the other guy already. Um, And and that's just an audition for somebody else because he's not under contract. Deontay Johnson got his bag already. You're not going to put Gunner in there. Gunner probably won't be on this team next year. He was a two-year contract, probably expendable. So that's the offensive side of the ball. You're shutting down Cam for DeMarvin Leal, maybe. That's about it. Chris Wormley's already out of this. Larry Okajobi's been beat up. Tyson Alulu's old. So you're going to play Montrevious Adams, DeMarvis, DeMarvin Leal, and probably Isaiah Laudermilk. Malik Reed's a veteran. You don't need to see anything from him if they do, in fact, officially make this official with Ola. You don't need to see him either because he's a rental. <laughs> Alex Highsmith, he's been playing well. It's, it's fine. Levi Wallace, Terrell Edmonds, Minka, Cam Sutton, who I hope's back. There's, there's really... Like I'm looking at the backups, James Pierre, Jameer Jones, Marcus Allen. There's the only guy. Okay. Dre Norwood. Maybe the only guy that popped off the page is, Hey, give this guy a shot. Give him a helmet. Give him some PT would be Mark, Mark Robinson. Robinson. <laughs> yeah. That's about it. Like who else well, is there to even evaluate? Like when you get into this stinking situation and say, who are we keeping for next season? It, it, it's it. It's already, it's, it's laid on the platter here. And I, I am going to say, I'm blaming the beginning of this season all the way through the four weeks. They won one game against the Bengals because their long snapper got hurt. The defense got a hundred plays and with overtime, they got gassed. There was other mistakes on the field and there was a lot of mediocre offense where you would love to have that Pat Pat's game back. You would love to have that jets game back. Um, maybe even in Cleveland on the short week, I understand not wanting to play the rookie, it was Mitch Trubisky. I'm sorry. Uh, not sorry. It's maybe things would have been different. Maybe it wouldn't because you're playing a rookie quarterback. And I'm not going to say Mason gives you those wins either. This was part of the growing pains of, of all of this carrying over. So for the large por- portion of this, it's going to be all the same names and faces. Maybe you shut down a few people on defense and you're going to lose because you, then you definitely can't stop people because you don't have that threat of TJ Watt like you didn't for the beginning part of the season. Uh, that was a large impact of this, but maybe you get a little bit of continuity and some experience with Kenny, with some of these offensive guys and George Pickens and that, and then you start filling in the gaps next year where you need to improve the roster. Yeah, let me just be clear about my statement of shutting people down. It has oh, no, nothing no, to I do. Understand it. Has nothing I understand. to do with trying to find other people. It has everything to do with just saying these guys have been banged up. We don't want it to linger. And there's no point in risking them any further. Um, so I will tell you, I agree with you. I don't think Kenny gets shut down unless if Kenny isn't out of protocol, can't play against the Panthers. This is his second concussion in his first year. 
They, yeah, depending on what I think the first one was um the kid glove. I think there was more kid gloves to it. I can't really judge. They're both whiplash type things. They are and, absolutely, and, but and, and they kind of did the same thing with Mason and Duck. You know what I mean? Like it took Mason was he out two games, three games? I think he was out three weeks total. Well, yeah, before, but he got knocked the f back. out. <laughs> yeah, a lot different. That well, I'm saying I could see maybe a one week shutdown. Oh, did they do that with Friar? They dead. did that with Friar. Yeah. Well, he, oh, it was so bad. And people yeah. make fun. Again, a Ravens game and yeah. face mask taken off and looks like one of the old school footballers, you know. Uh, but uh, what I was trying to now is to lose my train of thought. Uh, Friar Muth was shut down very similarly, where they gave him an extra week precautionary yeah. type thing. We're not feeling it, you know, an eight loss team at this point a must win with Carolina. They'd have to must win everything and have no guarantees whatsoever right. uh, for the rest of the season. They'd have to win out. So, I mean, there's, is there, there's no real pressure there uh, heading into the beginning of this season. I didn't have, I don't know about you, but I didn't have the largest of ex- expectations for playoffs. I said, that would be, that'd be a cool ceiling. That's about as far as you go. There's people that say, well, if they get in there, do you want them to get like roasted in the first round just to make it just to get roasted? Well, that's what happened last year. I was still happy that they made the playoffs. It just sucks that they drew the Chiefs in Kansas City after having just played them two weeks before, which is never a good thing either, et cetera. Go look back to playing the Cleveland Browns too, back-to-back weeks. Um, so like, you know, where I'm at is, is like develop Kenny and next year, you know, they go back out there and hopefully kick kick some ass. So that's, that's, that's where I'm at. I'm not upset. I'm not as upset about this as some people. I have an article over on steelcityunderground.com that links to a lot of other pieces that I've done over the last year about fire Mike Tomlin. I am so sick of hearing about it. Mike Tomlin did not lose that game against the Ravens. Mike Tomlin did not have another option unless you want to see Zach Gentry, who used to play quarterback in college or whatever, when he entered, went to Michigan and converted to tight end. Unless you want to see him throw the ball around a little bit with absolutely zero reps or anything, uh, having played quarterback at this level, he has no other options, but to stick with Mitch Trubisky at this point. Right. Um, yeah. And Mitch Trubisky, you expect, you heard it in Tomlin's press conference. What do you say? You, you're your veteran. You should be able to just go out there and get the job done. You have 50 plus starts. It's the same stuff we've been saying for a while, but as a backup, I was comfortable. You saw what he did against Tampa. That's out the window too. I like I said, I just can't I can't trust the guy. But that doesn't necessarily fall on coaching. It's who's available. What other quarterback were you going to get? The only other thing you could have done was ride with Kenny and throw him in raw. And like we said, those first few games, that's still some tough opponents. You're playing defending AFC champions, the Bengals. You're playing against Bill Belichick and the Patriots, who knows how to rattle some rookie QBs. Uh, you play a short week at, at Cleveland, hostile environment. So we always kind of had the early, like, kind of bets placed towards that Jets game. So I, I, I can't fault Tomlin for that, and I'm not, I'm not exactly sure where everybody they go back and in, in and you know now they revisit history about all the other games. Whoa, what's his playoff record been? And I think I had Andy Reid at one playoff win between four seasons of the Eagles and then going straight over five seasons straight with the Chiefs. One postseason win in nine years, and guess what happened right after that? Or straight AFC title games and you know Super Bowl win and Super Bowl appearance, so you're not necessarily going to dump a good coach until he has everything back in place. Everyone keeps saying we've said it. Steelers are they rebuilding? 
well, I guess they got to kind of use that term. They they have more expectations that their their base foundation when you have a TJ Watt already and you have a Minka and you have Mike Tomlin isn't really like rebuilding in the same sense of what some other teams do when they just like Carolina that they're going to be facing dumped. They went and rebuilt. They signed Matt rule to this giant contract and now he's gone again. And now they're going to, here we go again, starting over, right? Quarterback traded for Darnold traded for Baker. None of that stuff working out in, in their favor. Uh, I think the Steelers have a little bit better of a foundation to build upon here. And I think the best way to close this out, I think it would still be a positive if this team through all of this turmoil and animosity through this season is able to get Mike Tomlin to above 500. It's got to be above or below now. No more kiss your sister eight and eight with the 17 game schedule. Uh, I still think that would be enough of an achievement. I know so, I know, disappoint everybody that likes to trash talk at the water cooler and tell their buddies that are other AFC North team fans that, hey, they're going to win the Super Bowl, six-time Super Bowl champs, and you really, that's that's the card that you carry and pull out all the time. Uh, there's a lapse here. It's hard to win a Super Bowl, but I think the building blocks are there that if this if Kenny continues to progress and be the player that we think he might might be able to be, if you got that set and you start putting everything else around, you don't have to worry about picks, free agent money, anything else toward quarterback, and you get a couple other pieces here, this team might compete, and they might have that short rookie quarterback contract window looking into the future. So I would still like to see them proceed. It's just a matter of, man, does it have this Sunday? Does he absolutely have to play? Man, I, I think the other players can progress pretty well. And I think it's a winnable game. If Mason Rudolph's out there, um, it's not saying much. He hasn't thrown a ball in a year, but some of the same mistakes that you see, maybe Kenny make, you see a lot of similarities in Kenny's season this year, as you do with Mason back in 2019. And I think Mason had a worse team in 2019. So, um, I guess looking forward or looking ahead to the Panthers, does it matter who plays? To some degree or extent, I think just for the morale, just for keeping some of these things going, they're a lot younger on offense, uh, offensive side of the ball. There's more veteran leadership on the defensive side of the ball. So let's try and get some cohesion here. And you could truly evaluate the left side of that offensive line in the process as well. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to step back and say, I, based on what I thought the defense was going to be, um, I had higher expectations, right? I thought the deep, that this could be a team that pulled a Ravens-esque type season where you got a piece of crap quarterback, but the defense keeps things so close and so uh, is so effective and dominant that you're in almost every game. Now, that being said, they've been in almost every game. Yeah. But the defense hasn't been dominant. The defense hasn't been able to get stops when they needed to get stops. Um, and the offense has been far worse than I thought they would be. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I am, there's no six, I, I am disappointed in the way the season has turned out in the sense of, um, I thought that the, I'm just disappointed in the defense. I'm extremely disappointed in how the defense has fared. Okay. That being said, um, sure, it would be great if they can get to a 500 season during this state of rebuilding, but I'm very much okay if they don't. Um, and 
what I'm more interested in at this point is what they do with the capital they're going to have moving forward. You're absolutely right to point out Kenny is on a rookie contract. Najee's still on a rookie contract. You've got Deontay. You've got George Pickens on a rookie contract. And you've got George Pickens is, is a stud and star in the making. Ridiculously much yes. oh, so. Mitch would have looked even worse. Without George Pickens, Sunday, yes. Without George Pickens. Like, really made him look good yeah. on a couple of those. You just sit there. Uh, dude, I get a vibe that's even greater than Antonio Brown. Like, Antonio oh, Brown absolutely. made the impossible look routine, and this guy's a, a physical specimen with Antonio's skills and in, in maybe more. As he learns, as he becomes a better route runner, as he gets more adjusted to the pro game, he's just going to be ridiculous. All right? So you've got that piece of the puzzle. I think Najee has continued to look better now that he's starting to shake off the injuries that he had. Now that the offensive line is starting to get a little more cohesive. Are they good yet? No. But are they better than they were at the beginning of the year? Yeah, a little. Um, at times. At, at times. times. Yeah, and at other times Dan Moore's on his butt and uh, Kevin Dotson is holding or jumping off sides or vice versa. Either way. Yes, I was going to say, or revolving door, like, hey, which gap do you want me to leave open on this play? Exactly. <laughs> um, so, I mean, but you've got, and then, let me, so you got Friermuth, the second highest ranked stupid wizardly world of PFF uh, tight end in the, in the league. Is he really? <laughs> we were we were making that debate, me and Flash, as to whether or not he's uh, like in the top five even, because tight end has been a bad position around the league this year so is that is that true i hadn't seen i just that saw one. a tweet about it but i didn't read it that closely because i didn't want to um but <laughs> but it's from one of those look, accounts isn't it yeah it probably <laughs> is uh, it, it's look i think fryermuth has has shown grit he's got problems too he doesn't come back for the ball well enough he tends to let the ball uh you know to let the passes eat him up rather than attacking the ball sometimes and that that exposes his quarterback or gets the passes deflected or knocked out but but he's really very good and i'm very happy about him so you've got some core pieces is my point you got Najee, you got pickens you got fryer move um deontay's deontay <laughs> right i i just whatever i i'm not going to complain about him today I'm not going to rave about it, it today. You know what's still odd about him is just where he shows up in a lot of the metrics of like broken tackles, um, like his like win rate uh, as far as getting open. And I saw that one chart where him and Pickens like either they're either open or they win like their catch battle and they're both on the opposite ends of the spectrum, but they're both on good ends of the spectrum. They just do one does one more well than the other. Uh, I just, uh, he seems to play, he plays better with Trubisky. It's obvious he had more time put in with Mitch this offseason than he did Kenny. So that's like another thing to like look forward to go, you know, moving ahead. He had been absent some, and that happens because of like QB1, wide receiver one. And don't forget that Deontay also wasn't around for part of training camp. He yeah. was there, but he wasn't participating in the drills. And I think that quiet hurt. quitting. <laughs> yeah, he's quiet quitting. It was uh, that's exactly what it was. I I hate that term, but it, it it describes what went on, and you see how it translates on the field right now. I so enjoy just throwing out new hip, you know, modern day terms that I don't actually know what the hell they mean. But <laughs> beside the point. All right, my point coming back to: Am I again? Am I 100 sold on Kenny Pickett yet? No, but I've seen enough to know that 
it is possible he's the guy, right? Um, and if that's the case, man, now you've got the you've got the capital on offense with TJ and and Minka and some of the other guys you've got on defense. You've got the capital on defense. If you make the right choices moving forward, it's not a long turnaround for this team, right? This isn't this isn't potentially the '80s. If and again, that's a big if. I look. However, Kenny continues to perform the rest of this season. It will be next season that is what determines where he goes, right? If he can show growth, if he can show maturity, if he can start making really good decisions, continue the trends that he has already put in place and not get concussed two times every year, okay? Um, that's not all his fault. I'm just saying that's a problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I, and I kind of wonder if the protocols were the same way, how many times Ben might have been on uh, the It would have been, well, I mean, between Ben and Terry, <laughs> they'd have had 500 concussions between them. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> they just don't protect the Steelers quarterbacks. So to bring to bring everyone up to speed with some things that happened post-practice news that's coming out, um, one of the quotes is coming from Montrevious Adams saying he doesn't want that uh, under his belt. That's something I want under my belt as far as in re in terms of Mike Tomlin having his first losing season. So this is on the minds of the players. Um, Mason Rudolph has been told that he is in a competition to start if Kenny Pickett can't go on Sunday. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of, uh, you know, quotes coming out. Like, I love this team. I love my teammates, et cetera, et cetera. I say go get him, kid, because I'd like – I'd just like to see him go out and have a good game. Even if he isn't a Steeler next year, it's just number one. Let's not kid ourselves. This validates all the things I've said. If he goes out there and stinks it up, then I'm wrong, and I just have to admit I'm wrong. And you know that I don't like to do that. I'm always right. So he's going to go out there and he's going to have a hell of a game if he can play. But fully padded practice, Brian. They still had a few of those in the back uh, near the back hip here. Kenny Pickett was on the field for this, despite being in press in uh, concussion protocol. But um, Mason did confirm that he split first team reps. So we shall see. Uh, he said it was good to shake the rest off today. Cause as you know, the most he's been doing is maybe some scout team quarterback. And I doubt he even did that. He's not emulating Lamar Jackson or um, uh, Tyler Huntley. <laughs> not at all. So if, if I will, I will just put it this way. If he can't beat Mitch Trubisky out at this point to be the starter, then you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but how much, how much, well, uh, hold on though. No, how much of wrong. this, <laughs> how much of this though is Mike Tomlin's stubbornness? Cause he was, I, he's point, stubborn as a mule. Over it. He, yeah, I think he, he just is saw too. his loser throw three interceptions and lose him a game that he should have won. <laughs> and he should have won yeah. easily. <laughs> yeah. And, and I know the defense could have got them the ball back and it still wasn't any guarantee that they would have actually scored or not turned the ball over. Exactly. Um, and they would have just put eight in the box, like the nine in the box, like everybody had been doing at the beginning of this season. And I said, yeah, Tomlin is stubborn. How much will he change? Presley Harvin is like still an example of that. They had Corliss Waitman who had been killing it as a punter uh, with Denver. And they had multiple opportunities to, to ride him instead of even drafting Harvin to begin with, let alone when Harvin went out for personal reasons. I understand you don't want a guy to lose the job based on a death in the family and, you know, personal matters such as that. So I don't want to sound cold hearted, but um, you know, the guy that came in, um, I'm trying to think what his name was now that came in uh, the off season, didn't even have real, a real shot winning that job but with mitch i think you may have seen it too 
even after interception two, there wasn't like a real good vibe there from head coach looking at his quarterback. And when the third one happened, it was almost like, just get your ass over on the bench and stay there. Go grab a surface tablet and hold it up in front of your face. And don't look at me like there. I'm telling you, it was like, if eyes can tell if they could speak, he was burning a hole through Mitch's helmet. Yeah, and that's what I mean. Look, and, and that is why I make this point. If he can split first team reps in practice with Mitch Trubisky and cannot beat Mitch Trubisky out now, then Mason does not have anything right now. <laughs> I'm yeah, sorry. and you know what else? Uh, there, here we go. The clickbait Pittsburgh local sports media, and uh, they they one of the fan had uh, Ray Fodipaldo on. I think he still writes for his, the P. He writes for one of the papers there. Yeah. and covers the Steelers as he has many years. Nothing against Ray, but Ray is the one reporting insider information about Mike Tomlin in an extension because I think Mike Tomlin still signed through next year already and they would extend and everybody would lose their collective minds and I would think we've just spoken and if you don't we didn't say enough of it. There's plenty of time in the offseason. That's why I'm not getting into it. Check out the article I had on steelcityunderground.com. You see how he compares the Cower. You see how the rosters Cower and Tomlin both inherited were very similar. The Steelers uh, they don't change coaches three and 30, some almost 40 years. It's not going to happen. There's continuity. There's consistency and they're probably grooming. What's that? How many years? Uh, what's the anniversary of the immaculate reception? My friend. Oh, 50. Yeah. 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 Higher. yeah, yeah That's yeah, what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah. Well, yeah. 30. <laughs> well, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, you know, Knowles, Knowles for a while and 16 years, maybe with Cower and three key, now three coaches Cowher. in over 50 years. Yeah. Yes. 50 years. Yeah. You're correct. You're, you are correct. Um, <laughs> but I, I don't want to exaggerate, but yeah, you're absolutely right. I'll admit it there. Um, but you know, Hey, you lost me. Made me lose my thought process there, but yeah, with the rookie quarterback and everything like that, they're not going to destroy this team. And I, I do think it's up to Mike. How much longer he wants to coach? Oh, absolutely, and it doesn't sound like, doesn't sound like he wants to quit. Doesn't sound like Belichick wants to quit. Pete Carroll's in his seventies and doesn't want to quit. Uh, even restarting there, and you know you got Brian Flores on the staff. And how many people are looking at him and saying that's taboo? Or is he going to get any interviews this off season? Maybe, maybe not. Or is this kind of one of these quiet things of hang around like others have in the past, and there may be a shot for you to step into what will be big shoes, but we know he was capable based on what he did with those crappy well, dolphins teams. You know, let me, let me just put it this, this way. Um, so I've seen people call Terrell Austin out recently, which is to a certain extent valid. Um, hey. absolutely. Um, <laughs> Matt Canada, of course, you know, people would drive a bus over him repeatedly at this point. Um, and but, back it up. Yeah. And then back it up again and then run over him again. Um, but you know, Brian Flores is not, if the defense suddenly came to life in one area, right. Where you could point to him and say, wow, they've gotten so much better. And it's clear that his influence has done it. Then I think he might get sniffs. The way that this team has just been made up and the way that the team is operating this year, I don't think there's a, a person on this staff that's going to be in line for an opportunity elsewhere. Well, no, and um, that was the other part of my statement with Flores was Pat, the head coach, back to being a head coach because he was a previous head coach. Steelers have a long-standing tradition of hiring guys like this. Not position coach is a linebacker's coach. That doesn't seem like something that's going to 
be long-term for him, but that defensive coordinator perch may be open right real there. soon. I could see both coordinators getting swapped. And you, and we talk about whether or not it's going to uh, kind of hurt Kenny's development, but I don't think so because Mike Sullivan would probably be the guy that's going to be He's going to be the next one. And if not, Mike Sullivan's still there as the quarterback's coach regardless. So it's either a promotion within or that guy's still there. And then you have a new offensive coordinator. But Mike Sullivan has a history of being offensive coordinator too. And that, again, that's going to piss a lot of people off. They're going to be like, oh, no, it's just the same status quo. But I think Sullivan and Flores were both brought in to be redshirted, to be groomed for the next position. They weren't happy with this stuff last year. No, but it's not no. like the Steelers to immediately – knee-jerk react and fire anybody and Tomlin is you're gonna to say Tomlin's the problem Tomlin's not the problem if you had somebody else out there a real clown or joker that didn't know what they were doing look at Nathaniel Hackett for Pete's sake <laughs> with the Broncos look at Josh McDaniels right now it's you know there could be far worse far far worse situations and then then you're really in trouble because yeah. now you're destroying the now the now the quarterback might not be consistent or going along the way with an experienced head coach that can desist and now you've got you know rotating door there and then you're just in turmoil for a decade yeah uh, i don't tomlin's, i don't see yeah, that happening tomlin's not going anywhere and i don't want him to go anywhere um i do expect there to be changes both on the defensive and offensive coordinator side um where you were getting at and and this is why because you said big shoes to fill if he gets to move into the defensive coordinator's position, he's not really filling any big shoes at this point. There not are big there. shoes in history, right? Because you got Coach Coach Pops back there, Coach mm-hmm. uh, Coach Dad, um, as well as many others that have filled that position rather honorably. But uh, at this point, I don't think you can include Terrell Austin in that group. Yeah, there's two things. There's two things there. It's like is is Tomlin getting tired and going the Colbert route? Would you groom Flores to jump right into there? I was looking at the path of Keith Butler and how he stayed as a linebacker's coach to wait for Coach Dad Dick LeBeau to step aside and become that coordinator. And he wasn't going anywhere else. How long did Butler coach with the team? 15, 20 years easily? Yeah, forever. 25 maybe even. Jerry O has been around for a long time. Uh, He practically joined the staff as soon as he was done playing for Cowher. So there's a lot of that that goes on. There was a fun exercise I'm going to bring up real quick before we go, Brian. I got to actually find it somewhere. But uh, uh, Matt Vargo, I don't know if you listen to the show, Matt, but uh, we know him from uh, the various groups that are on Facebook. And he had one that post that was out there about um, putting in former someone who played formerly for the Steelers and placing them on to, into the coaching staff. And it was fun stuff. It was mostly like a lot of recent history with like Troy or Ben, ben or somebody like coordinator. that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ben is an offensive coordinator or maybe even a head coach. Um, let me see here. I have my list. I don't know who he had there, but I have my list and it's a little preposterous, so to speak. But um, I had Tony Dungy. A lot of people forget. So we're bringing Tony on just to kind of get the assistant head coach, running backs coach, Deuce Staley, ready to be the next head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Byron Lefwich is an offensive coordinator. Hank Fraley, who was practice squad guy, uh, he's up in Detroit. He's our offensive line coach. Heinz Ward, wide receivers, and a former head coach and offensive coordinator, Mike Malarkey, returns to help out the tight ends. J. 
Dario Savsky would be my defensive coordinator. I'm promoting from within there. Brentson Buckner, defensive lineman. So all these guys have coaching experience, by the way. Have coached in these positions with the exception of one when I get to special teams. Inside linebackers, Larry Foote. Outside linebackers, I'm going to bring back Joey Porter. That could be trouble, but you got to stick with the script here. Deshae Townsend and Carnell Lake are going to split the DBs. Antoine Randall-L is the guy that doesn't have um, experience as a special teams coach, but does have experience as a positions coach in the NFL. And a guy that doesn't have any experience whatsoever, but I think we could trust if he were to be named to this position of strength and conditioning coach, a one James Harrison, because he's just a beast. <laughs> so Man I, is. I, the man I, is. There's no question. I imagine he knows everything. So that was just uh, while everyone's talking about like all the different um, – coaching possibilities. There's quite a few old school Steeler names on there that were uh, through this system. You talk about Mike, Mike Tomlin's coaching tree. There's a coaching tree right there with the, with a hell of a lot of those names of guys that are jumping around uh, that may have played for him. And they learned, they learned from playing from these other guys. How else do you become coaches? How else do some of these former quarterbacks become offensive coordinators like a, um, uh, Ken Dorsey, for example, guys that weren't like necessarily great NFL quarterbacks and they end up in these positions. Alex Van Pelt, <laughs> like over there with the, with the Browns, you know what I mean? What's uh, his name string- in, in Tampa? Yeah. Yeah. Third, third, like third, well, Byron Leftwich. Byron Leftwich. Um, that's who I'm trying to remember. But, but he was actually a pretty decent starting quarterback. I'm talking about guys that were just backups and then they held clipboards for various many other offensive gurus and or head coaches over the years. Uh, guys like a Mike Tomlin. So, you know, when you're talking about actual, the Steelers way of just um, keeping guys from other staff, from their own staff and and stuff like that, it's kind of withered that pipeline, Dick LeBeau and, and, you know, anybody like that. And that's why there wasn't much of a coaching tree because Bruce Arians wasn't very good when he got not renewed. Uh, Dick LeBeau wasn't going anywhere. Keith Butler wasn't going anywhere. Was Todd Haley, did anyone want Todd Haley when he was not renewed as well? Or Randy Fickner, who was all of purpose fired. So some have been stinkers. Some have been former head coaches that have been in those spots. Offensive coordinator is not a thing. It's a thankless job in the NFL. It's really not for long league. And what have you done for me lately? But all those names end up getting recycled. And that's all you're going to end up getting. Probably another recycled guy that if he's not already with somebody in the pros and he's sitting on his couch at home. Uh, he's with a college program and was previously <laughs> sitting on his couch from being canned from somewhere else. So uh, that's where I'll leave it. That's some of the news and notes. A friend over here, Mr. Brianie Roach. Thanks for joining us, Brian. Happily. And let's hope for a win for once. Be nice. Yeah, it would be nice. And uh, we'll have some Manscaped goodies coming around. It sounds like again, we're going to have the thing running across the screen, but before long, so check them out for any of your holiday last. But clearly, uh, I need it. Giving. I mean, you may have noticed the mohawk has slidden, slid down off the top of my head and landed on my chin. Yeah, but the uh, the 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 manscaped stuff's for your pubes, dude. Well, yep. you know, <laughs> you can use the trimmer that's on your trim. beard, right? Whatever. I, that's what I need. Isn't that where they take the hair? like from your chest or something and put it on your head to cover the bald spots, like the hair transplant stuff. Uh, here's the, you, you go ahead and transfer your pubes to your head. That's that'll work really well. <laughs> and I will still wear a hat. Yes, you know, it'll be very curly. <laughs> hey, but though, out of curiosity though, out of the list I named, did anybody pop off the page as to you thinking like, Oh, you know what? There's a former Steeler I would have joined this staff. 
You know, I, I'm going to tell you that it would, I don't know how he would fit in. I don't know what position coaching, you know, coaching position he would fill. I would bring Heinz Ward to this, to this team in a heartbeat just to beat up our receivers and to teach them the way that Steelers receivers need to act. Cause I feel like that's gone on, uh, disappeared. Well, it's because it became illegal. It's because care. of him. He got another anyway. rule made after. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, we'll see. He's coaching in the XFL reboot that's coming yeah. up to San Antonio Brahmas, as is uh, Rod Woodson and I think Todd Haley. So you got a, a number of different uh, luminaries as head coaches here. I mean, just jumping right into it. I mean, got to find somebody to do the work, right? And there's not people that are going to leave their post for what might be a, a league that's one and done again. So, uh, folks, thanks for supporting us no matter where you're watching or listening and that'll do it for us today don't forget to like comment and subscribe until next time my name is joe kuzma his name is brian e roach we appreciate all of you especially your two percenters who listen all the way to the end and we encourage everyone out there to be safe be good and we'll catch you later we would like to thank you for listening and remind our listeners to follow us on social media and our website www.steelcityunderground.com